Hello. Hey. Well, we wanted to start with a cold open to let you know that we're going to do a Halloween episode. Ooh, spooky. (laughs) I'm so excited. So we hope you'll join us on the 31st. Yes. Yes. It'll be a kind of a two-part episode. All in in one one episode. In one episode. Something kind of spooky. Halloween related. And one more true crime related. Yes. I'm super excited. Awesome. So if you join us then, you'll also get to hear the winner of our giveaway. We're extending the giveaway. Yes. Because we have a special episode and we're like, why don't we just extend it? And then it gives our listeners more opportunity to tell their friends and to go enter the giveaway. It's on our Instagram and I think on our Facebook page. Facebook, yep. Facebook you can enter the giveaway under either post. In that way. Absolutely. So remember, if you rate us on Apple, especially, yes, please let us know. I saw some ratings and we have no idea who you are because they don't take your name. So if you yes. rate us, let us know. Even if you leave a review, but your username for that review is different than your actual name, let, let us, us know because that earns you an entry. Absolutely. As well as tag your friends, tell your friends. Yeah. Read all the rules, though. Yes. It's a lot to it, talk about now. Everything is outlined <laughs> on the post. Yes. And we're super excited to bring you a Halloween special. Absolutely. Thanks yeah. for listening. Yeah. Let's get into the case. Sounds good. I'm Savannah. I'm Alicia. And this is Burden of Proof. Welcome, everyone. Take two. We recorded this earlier, and it didn't record, <laughs> so now we're here again. Whoopsie. Whoopsie. My bad. Anyway. Anyway. I don't- so this is our first episode we're recording after Hurricane Ian. Yes. That was fun. Oh uh, Yeah, honestly, once like we did all the prep and I was done freaking out, actually watching the storm was kind of cool. Yeah. Because I was true. in a safe place. Yeah. We didn't get hit that hard. I mean, yeah. we have some damage to our house, but it, it could have been a lot worse. We send good thoughts and donations down to Fort Myers and yeah. Sanibel Island and Captiva and all of those areas that were way more affected. And that's horrible. Yeah. But it was a very stressful few days because that was supposed to be us. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's scary. That was it my was. baby's first hurricane. <laughs> like, yeah, we uh, you evacuated for Irma too. We did, so and we did didn't we. have anything to prep. Like our house, we had been there, we had barely been there, and we didn't have shutters, and so we just left. Like, we, yeah, we, there was something we could do. Us too, because we were in a rental and they mm-hmm. didn't provide shutters. I'm like, I'm not buying shutters for no. a house I don't own. So, so we prepped it the best we yeah. could, and took off this was the but, first time i prepped not one but two houses because yeah i helped prep the house that i'm living in and then i went home and to be honest with you my mom and my brother definitely did 95 98 of the work but i was there and they were <laughs> but i was there. they were working in the rain i wasn't gonna let them work in the rain by themselves i went out there and i stood there oh, and I, yeah. I helped you know that wasn't fair so i was like i'll get wet too here we are <laughs> um but that's because my mom and my brother are a beast like yeah. they are a good team when it comes to stuff like that so Nice. Anyway, that was a tangent. That's okay. 
So anyway, we're all safe. Yes, and sound. And we finally have power and internet back. Mm-hmm. That was the worst of it for me. The actual Absolutely. storm was not as scary. I mean, because we didn't get hit directly, directly. So it was not as scary as I had anticipated. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. having well water and yeah. no running water for That's... five, six days. I can live without the power. Yeah. But, but water, water. Yeah. Taking showers with like buckets. Yeah. Instead and yeah. Yeah. We weren't able to stay at our at our home. We went and stayed with my parents, which was kind of fun for a week. It was like yeah. a big sleepover. So nice. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I'm excited to hear your case. I'm excited. Partially for the second time. Again, my apologies. <laughs> hey, that's okay. But hey, maybe we'll do an even better job this time. We usually do, honestly. This has happened right. before and we normally do a better job. Yeah. The second time. So I'm excited. So we are in a town today that's not quite too far from where we are. I mean, it's far enough that I've never been there, but... Yeah, I don't think I've ever been there either. Close enough that I know where it is. (laughs) So today we are talking about Tyler Hadley, and this crime takes place in Port St. Lucie, Florida. It's in South Florida, um, and Port St. Lucie was not a town that was built for teenagers. No. It was a town built for retirees and their thick wallets, covered in a sprawling swampland and a forest and a coastline. <laughs> that, sounds so, that sounds so appealing. A sprawling swampland. Swamp <laughs> a uh, How like, delightful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's on the coast, so they've got something going for them, but there's also quite a bit of like alligator land, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of fun sometimes. Not all the time, but it's fun sometimes. It was one of the fastest growing cities in the early 2000s. And we know a little bit about what that does to a town. (laughs) Maybe just a little. Um, Basically, what will happen if the town booms so quick that the infrastructure can't keep up is, like, the roads are going to be really unstable. They can't fill all the potholes. The drivers become unstable because they're so frustrated. (laughs) And they're old. And, like, there's a lot of traffic because the roads aren't meant to hold that many people. And areas Mm -hmm. of town can just, like, devolve because they can't keep up with updating them as frequently as they need to or keep up with them. So needless to say... There's not much for teenagers to do in this area. Nope. And what do people do when, when what do kids do when there's nothing to do? <laughs> so nothing horrible, good. Horrible way to phrase that sentence, but like, what do they look to? They look to drugs. Typically, yes. Um, drugs and sex. So um, Port St. Lucie quickly became known for its marijuana and like a lot of drug issues. Yeah. Also, the Mets hold their spring training there. So fun fact. It really is like here. Yeah, it is. Wow. So let's talk about Tyler's parents, Mary Jo and Blake Hadley. Blake Hadley worked at a nuclear plant. Um, I think he was a clock engineer. A clock engineer? Something like that. I don't know what he did, but it was that at a nuclear. That sounds fancy. Yeah, he had done it for a really long time, and um, he was he, he's happy there, I guess. He'd been there for like 27 years, I think. Mary Jo was an elementary school teacher. She was known to be amazing at her job. Like, she did not give up on kids. She did everything she could to make them succeed. Um, Nice. Blake was supposed to be a really funny guy. He was also a really large man. Like, just in stature, massive dude. 
Um, okay. He was the kind of dad that spoke in movie quotes and sang songs around the house when he cleaned or cooked or woke up his kids for school or anything. I'm married to one of those. Yeah. His friends would, his Tyler's friends and his older brother's friends would vouch for that. The, the parents were kind people. They were really active in their church and they seemed to have a really great family. Even when Tyler was having issues, they did everything they could to like give him the tools he needed to succeed. And gotcha. provide him the help that he was looking yeah. for. They were, by all accounts, good people. And I can just imagine how overwhelmed and over their head and out of their element they felt with Tyler. Yeah. Because they don't, like, you can't prepare for a no. child with these this amount of, like, issues. No, not really. And depending on what the situation is, I only feel remotely prepared for my child who had some issues because of growing up with a brother who had similar issues. Mm -hmm. So, and I still don't feel fully prepared. I still feel often like, yeah, what do I do with you? I don't know what to do with you. It's hard. What do you do? So Tyler was born on December 16th, 1993. Well, that's his first problem. What do you mean? That's my father's birthday. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I love it. First red flag. First share red flag. With you dad. share a birthday with my father. No, I've known like a handful of people that share a birthday. I Well, I won't say uh, like three or four people I've met that share a birthday with my father. None of them great. <laughs> Strike it out on all Not of as those. bad as my dad, but like none of them great. Well, so, we'll see how Tyler Hadley compares. I'm sorry if you're if you're out there and you're listening and you have a birthday or you know somebody with a birthday of December 16th and you're really good people, reach out to us. Let we me need know. To meet some nice people. I more. would like to meet some nice people with that birthday because I have not. I have not. So hey, man, that's fascinating to me. I've met other people with December birthdays that are nice, oh, but yeah. that particular oh, yeah. day. I think there was something going on in the world that particular day. Some of my, like, most, a lot of my favorite people were born in December. Like, two of my, well, they're not my nephews, they're my cousins, but two of my my little cousins were born December. My mom was born in December, but not the 16th. Yep. What day? The 8th. Are you allowed to say that? Sorry. (laughs) The the 8th, because my my cousin was born on the 7th. One of those That's two. Mom, she may have forgotten your birthday. <laughs> well, she knows I get them confused. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's fair. Both of my cousins, they have the same birthday or they're really close. Don't, don't feel know. bad. My own mother, my my mom got my birthday wrong several years in a row because oh people, in, row. in her defense, yes, in her defense, I mean, in some ways I don't want to defend even now because I'm a mom and I can't imagine forgetting my kid's birthday, but- in her defense, she was correct in saying it's difficult because most of us in our family had like very distinct birthdays. So either our birthdays fell on a holiday or it was like my brother is 414. My mom is 1111. Oh. So she would always think that my birthday was on the 16th, not of December. That not of, not December. of December, but she would always think that I that I was six sixteen instead of six seventeen. 
now that I've given away everybody's birthdays. Oh, well, that's not a crime. No, it's public record. It's public record. (laughs) Rule of thumb, if it's public record, I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's not necessarily true, but. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Moving on. Anyway, (laughs) I like December birthdays, just not this one. Mm -hmm. Um, And please change our minds. (laughs) Yes. I'm serious. Tyler, we always want to hear from our listeners. Seriously. Well, yeah. Literally always. Always. Call to action. Yes. Reach out to us. Literally always we want to hear from you because like it's so crazy to see how quickly our numbers are growing and we're so, so overwhelmed with it. But also like I want to see your faces. I want to put faces to the number on the chart that I have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so we have we have Instagram, we have TikTok, we have Facebook, we have a Facebook group, we have a Facebook page, we have almost all the things i I don't have twitter i hate twitter hot take i don't like the way twitter's laid out i wish i did i know Mm. a lot of people think it's premium i think it's mid (laughs) and i'm the gen x over here going i i don't know what any of those words mean uh mid means i mean i can okay i can figure it out it was a joke (laughs) please reach out to us on social media we're always wanting to talk to you guys it's so cool yeah Anyway, Tyler Hadley was born <laughs> premature. He weighed three pounds and 10 ounces, and he stayed in the incubator for a month due to all of his premature baby issues. He's tiny. He was widow. And that kind of followed him into his early years. His family described Tyler as somebody who was loving, but always kind of felt withdrawn. He was a yeah. melancholy kid. He was loving and caring, and he, but he was just kind of off. He always had been. Um, trauma is trauma. Mm-hmm. Trauma. I, I'm listening to an audiobook right now that specifically talks about family trauma and how it can carry over mm-hmm. and how trauma even at birth can yeah. carry with you through your life without you realizing it. Exactly. So, so, you know, it, it definitely followed him. Um, even his maternal grandmother would say that Tyler was a step below everyone else in his age group. And he tended to quit sports and hobbies because he couldn't succeed or he never felt like he was good enough or he would just decide, I can't do this. And he would just quit halfway through. Um, Yeah. Now, is that like a perfectionism thing or is it just he just kind of was, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is exactly, but he just didn't care enough to really put in the effort. Yeah, I don't I don't know if we'll ever know. Yeah. But I do think it's really indicative about how his view on in life would be. Like, if something's not working for you or serving you, like, just get rid of it. Like, don't do it anymore. Yeah. So, you know, eh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? In addition to all of his, like, mental health issues that he was suffering from, like, depression clearly as a kid and all of that, he also really struggled with his body image and his growth. Always. Um, by the age of 10, he was on medication for acne, depression, even a growth hormone because he just wasn't growing as fast as other kids. And his mom thought maybe that would help his self-esteem. Um, but he'd also developed a thyroid condition due to the amount of eating disorders and oh my disorder gosh. eating that he suffered his whole life. At 10? Wow. Yeah. So, you know, it's... it's yeah, I don't think any... He a troubled par- kid. I don't think any parent could be prepared for that. No, and that's not even that's not even like the hard part in comparison to the rest. Yeah. Like that is just medical conditions. You know, it was yeah. 
the poor kid, like, I feel so bad for child Tyler because he's yeah. really struggling with stuff that's beyond his control at that point. Right. But his parents were doing what they could. They had him seeing doctors. They had him on medications for the things that were bothering him, you know? Yeah. Tyler's parents were not known for being disciplinarians. They were kind people. In fact, it's one of the only things that Mary Jo and Blake ever fought about was that Blake could not discipline their kids. Like, he just, he struggled with it. And so Mary Jo had to kind of be the bad guy. But it was even then, like, a loving disagreement. They didn't really fight often at all. They were a religious family. Not in, like, a super toxic way by any means. Like, the not, you know, normally sometimes we'll see, like, the fundamental Christians can lead to some trauma for kids. But, like, these, this was a Catholic family. They were expected to be at Mass every Sunday. Their mom, I believe she taught Sunday school or taught for the children and sung in the choir and was just really active. And the kids went to church every single Sunday, which was like, that's normal. I went to church every yeah. Sunday growing up, you know? Absolutely. And that's absolutely a normal thing. So everyone said that they were gracious parents. So parenting Tyler was probably super fun for them considering they didn't like to discipline. Um, yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah. By his early teens, he had become quite the troublemaker. He was defacing bathrooms. He was stealing Christmas lights, breaking windows. And then he started setting small fires with his friends. And then it escalated. Yeah. It escalated into them dragging an old couch into a wildlife preserve and setting the whole wildlife preserve on fire. What? Yes. That's crazy. So they were... Like, these teenagers. And and Tyler wasn't alone when he was committing these, like... Yeah, yeah. Vandalisms and stuff. Um, The way that, especially in Florida and, like, these kinds of areas where they're having to build housing where there's no neighborhoods left. Oh, yeah. Room. Yeah. You'll be on a major road and see just, like, a side street. And if you turn down that side street, there's, like, a full neighborhood back there that you didn't know. But it's not, like, a formal neighborhood it's just a bunch of housing in one spot right right because there aren't places to have a formal neighborhood so when they're like wreaking havoc on a neighborhood quote-unquote it's really the town right it's a whole like it's not and that's what i don't know why this stood out to me because it's not area specific where they're committing these crimes like i don't know why that bothered me a little bit maybe like there's a psychology thing there. I don't know. Um, hmm. Because it wasn't like his t- crimes when he was a teenager were targeted either. I don't know. I could be like just reading into something that's yeah. so not important, but I well, and and it might have just been opportunity mm-hmm. for sure. Like especially if it's happening with other kids and yeah, yeah, exactly. So by age twelve, he was getting drunk. And by 15, he was smoking pot. And then around 16, he had started taking Xanax, Percocet, Oxy, which eventually led to ecstasy and DMT. So that's a lot of drugs. It's racking up a list. For a 16-year-old yeah. who's already on, like, I'm assuming he's still on thyroid medication because once you're on a thyroid yeah, med, you're kind of on I'm it on life. thyroid medication. You're not really supposed to do all that no. <laughs> when you're on that. but it's like also a kind of once you're on it you're kind of on it for the rest of your life mm-hmm. kind of thing so i can't imagine he was off of that no not at all. yeah 
if you're having yeah. I well yes and no it depends on not that this matters but Yes and no. It depends on why you're taking the thyroid medication because I, yeah. I have known um, people, women more specifically, so probably wouldn't apply to a kid, a, yeah. a, a young boy who needs it. Like his might have ended up being a lifetime thing. But then again, if he if he had taken better care of himself, he might have been able to get his thyroid yeah. um, but it was back on track. eating disorder, so I don't know. Right. So if he started eating eating better his nutrition was better and he took the medicine over time your thyroid can like heal and start working correctly again if it's it just depends on what causes it so like middle-aged women who develop like a thyroid issue when they're kind of like perimenopausal to menopause Mm -hmm. to my knowledge they can sometimes like get it back on track it just happens because of the hormone imbalances you're going through um, but like in my case, I had thyroid cancer. So obviously I no longer have a thyroid, so I will be on the medication forever. And then like people with Graves disease, that's like a lifelong thing and you, you have to like deal with it forever. Yeah. Yeah. So. He's Sorry. On, no, absolutely. <laughs> a that lot was, of thyroid that, no, talk. that was really helpful. <laughs> that was really. So he's on all of these medications. He's 16. Yeah. And doing all of these drugs to self-medicate, like, that's not a good combo. No, it's not. It's really not a, I mean, not that recreational drugs in general are a good combo. No. But definitely (laughs) not when you're on prescription medication. Exactly. So um, we're going to kind of get into what he was doing leading up to the crime. Before he committed the atrocious murder that he commits murders tyler hit a small child i don't know the exact age um with a truck that was registered to his father resulting in the family being sued for fifteen thousand dollars wow now they were already having some financial issues so i'm assuming that this was like a massive strain yeah between attorneys and like settlements and on top of trying to parent the situation i'm sure the household was kind of tense About a month before the crime, Tyler's mom had him committed, like I said earlier. Um, They were worried about him. Whether they were worried about him, like, hurting himself or hurting other people is kind of unclear. Gotcha. But she did say that in general she was worried because they had a family history and he needed some help. Yeah. And he passed through that program. He came home and two weeks after the program, his family is quoted as saying that he was seemingly, like, the best he'd ever been. All the while, Tyler is not doing well. But they didn't know. He, yeah. That's the trouble with certain mental health issues is they can mask Mm -hmm. and hide it very well. So, slightly before the crime, Tyler, and I think this was after his stay at the mental hospital. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure this was after. Yeah. Um. Tyler was arrested and convicted on aggravated battery. He spent about a week in jail and then two weeks on house arrest. So that being said, do we know if he intentionally hit the kid with the car or I with a truck? I can't imagine that it was intentional because, like, it was, I don't know. The answer is I don't know. But I'm okay. guessing because 
even though it wasn't his first run-in with the law with the aggravated battery, it was aggravated battery, right? Like he had a, there was build up to it. And this is just a kid. I don't know. It's hard to find because there are, because he was a minor when he was sentenced, that means that there's a lot more appeals and resentencing that happens. So it's like digging through a needle, looking for a needle in a haystack. Yeah. Oh, I imagine. Put together the timeline. And I'll say later too, like I I didn't even try. It would have been so hard to try and present that on a podcast without like showing you a timeline. Yeah. And we're not a visual podcast at all. So I wasn't, I just basically am going to tell you the highlights and the lowlights of the case of the the court case, but it's a mess. So I don't really know the answer to that. That's okay. Mm -hmm. A few weeks later, he came home so drunk. Like, he had peed on his friend's bed that night, so, you know, he was really wasted. And he came home, and his parents found out, and he was underage, he was 17, and his parents took his car and his phone, and the only way he was able to get online was at the family computer. So, this is 2011, so, like, a lot of families had, like, a family computer in, like, a family room, and this one was, like, a big desktop computer. It was either in the kitchen or the living room. Yeah. Hard to tell based on the layout of their house. I think it was closer to the kitchen, though, personally. Okay. And he was quoted as texting one of his friends saying, like, don't text me about drugs because my mom has my phone, basically. So we know that there were – he had dealers and friends who did drugs as well. So that's the kind of crowd he's with. Obviously, I feel like that goes hand in hand. The reality is there was a tragic cocktail of drugs, mental illness, and fear that led into this crime. kind of talking around school about throwing a big party around at his house and people were kind of weirded out because tyler was known for not being able to do that like his family he was not in a position to yeah do that. people knew that his family went to church with their families like they knew his parents right. would never let him throw a party like that and he had also like been in trouble with school or like no i'm sorry he'd also like been in trouble at home right so they knew that and um like, they they were saying, like, what if your parents come home? Like, he was like, don't worry, they won't. They won't. They won't. I'll make sure they don't. <laughs> he went back and forth, mostly saying, like, oh, it's in the works. Like, it's going to happen, but I'm not sure. Like, it's happening, though. Like, it's I'm working on it. This is kind of around the time that, according to Tyler, he started having daydreams and ideations about killing his parents. Um, he eventually recognized that these were, like, conscious thoughts, not just, like, daydreams, if that makes sense. Yeah. And he realized that he wanted to kill his parents, but he wanted to wait till his older brother left for college. Because his brother was going to college and I believe, North Carolina. Okay. So he waited until his brother left. And then at other points, he claims that the devil possessed him. So, you know, when he... Lots of reasons. Devil will get you. They'll do it. So he, while he didn't plan the crime particularly well, it was certainly premeditated. He knew that his parents would never let him throw a party, but he wanted to throw a party. Right. He also wanted to kill his parents. Ergo, de facto, kill your parents and then have the party, right? I'm going to have this party. I'm just not sure when. 
Because it depends on when I kill my parents. So, you know, that's up in the air. That's up in the air. You gotta, gotta wait for the right time. Yeah. July 16th, 2011. Tyler popped some ecstasy, three tabs of ecstasy, and he grabbed a claw hammer. He stood behind her mom, his mom, as she worked on her computer, and finally, after about five minutes of contemplation, he brutally bludgeoned her to death. His dad came in and asked why he had done this, and he just screamed back at him, why the fuck not, and then proceeded to brutally kill his father. And, like, I don't think that either of them really fought back. I mean, they obviously yeah, they did that's in what, defense, what I was but- thinking. I think that they were just so shocked and like his dad yeah. was like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Even though the dad, you said that the dad was large in stature. Mm-hmm. So is Tyler. Ty- oh, he was? He's Eventually, tall. He's tall guy. He's tall. I'm okay. pretty sure. Well, just early on, he, you know, had trouble with growth and stuff. So yeah. I thought he might not be as big, as large as his dad, but you know. It doesn't matter because... I mean, he's six foot two. When somebody... Yeah, that's... I mean, that's above average. But when somebody is that yeah. out there and and going to do something that, like... And he said he saw himself in a mirror and he looked, like, deranged. That's what he... His words. Yeah. Like, he said, I looked so angry. It, his yeah. dad was probably terrified. And also, he's trying to process the fact his wife is dead. Right. At the computer. Um... So he he did he he bludgeoned his dad to death with the same hammer that he did with his mom. He immediately put towels over their faces and then dragged them into their bedroom. He piled mountains of their personal belongings on top of them, including the mirror that he looked at himself in. He broke it and put it in the room. That's interesting. He put their black Labrador Sophie in the bedroom and locked the door. They also mm. had another dog who was hiding up in the older brother's room. And he just left that dog in yeah, there. Yeah, he just left that dog in there. So it's interesting that he covered their faces, but even more interesting to me of, like, the idea of why pile things on top of them. To me, it, like, looks to me like he was trying to bury them. That's because not how you bury people, Tyler. No, but here's the <laughs> other thing. Like, he couldn't look at their faces yeah. He buried them. Like, those are both signs of, like, regret to me. Like, burying a yeah. body is, like, I don't know if this is true, like, psychology-wise. But to me, if you're burying the body, you at least, like, you have some sort of respect for the person that you killed. Because that's a proper burial, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know if it was respect or even that they were just his parents and he loved them. Yeah. He had to hide, like, he buried them underneath their stuff. Like, he couldn't look at them. Because he couldn't, I mean, that's horrible. Yeah, well, that's what makes me think the towels is, is for the purpose of I can't look at them. Mm-hmm. But most people would have just, if you're going to lock them in or like put them in a room till you can deal with it or whatever mm-hmm. his plan was or till you can figure things out, it just seemed to me that most people would just like put a blanket over them or a yeah. sheet or something like that. But taking their stuff and like piling it on is just there's something yeah more to that i i you know i'm not gonna be an armchair psychologist and say that i understand i don't but i'm curious right so yeah that bothered me when i was researching i was like um yeah 
He spent three hours cleaning up, which he said, that was a lot longer than I thought it was going to take. Hey, buddy. (laughs) Um, What? Hammering somebody to death? Messy. Messy. Real messy. And then you like dragged their bodies around. There's blood everywhere. Through the house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, He used a mop. He used some sponges and he used coffee grounds to try and like, I guess, like sop up the blood. I don't know what his method was on that, but. I don't know, and I don't know that I want that in my search history, but... I don't know. Uh, He finished cleaning up and then threw a massive rager. Oh, fun. Mm -hmm. He later told a psychologist, um, I was probably mad about getting in trouble with everything that was going on. The murderous thoughts started out a little bit, started a little bit, but increased in frequency and became an obsession that I couldn't get out of my mind. Pretty intense. I thought about it every day. He described the thought of killing them as, like, a movie in his head. And then he planned on um, backing the car into the garage and killing himself after the party. Like, with carbon monoxide poisoning. Gotcha. He posted on social media about the party, and sure enough, kids started rolling in. This started out as a party with people that Tyler knew, and then quickly turned into, like, a beast of a party. There were tons of people that he didn't know. Oh, yeah. There were over 60 kids in the house at one point. Like, just randos piling in and out, and they're all doing drugs. And But, yeah, you post on social media that you're having a party. I mean, and you're not just giving out – that's not like, oh, here, here's my personal invitation to my house to the small dinner party. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to turn into – Something bigger than you anticipated, probably. Yes. Um, and this is kind of where I think Tyler becomes conscious of what has happened because you kind of see him. Let's be real. He's been panicking since it happened, but this is where it really becomes clear. He starts yeah. out by telling people, this is my parents' house. Don't wreck it. Like, don't smoke in the house. Smoke outside. Put that mailbox down because somebody had taken their neighbor's mailbox. <laughs> He's like, that's a felony. Put it back. And then oh the neighbor's mailbox. The neighbor's mailbox. I started to say, I don't think your parents will care about the mailbox anymore. They're dead. <laughs> but the neighbor's mailbox, that's a different yeah. story. Um and then eventually, as the night goes on, he starts telling people, Yeah, you can smoke in the house and this is my house. You can do whatever you want. They don't live here. Um, people were putting cigarettes out on the carpet and it like they destroyed this house. Like, destroyed wow. it. It was trash. You'll see in the pictures I post on Instagram. Yeah. Like, our Instagram always has crime scene photos if we can find them. But um, this one, you'll see. there. It, it's trash. This is when his best friend, Michael, kind of starts to notice how anxious Tyler looked. Yeah. It looked to him like he had been on probably doing Molly. He was very fidgety and it was very clear something was wrong. And then Tyler started talking. Prior to the party, he had pulled $5,000 of his parents' money out of the ATM. And he had been flashing this around. And Michael thought that was, like, really weird. Because where did you get $5,000? Yeah. And suddenly your parents are out of town. Where do they bank that they let you get 5000 out of the ATM? I don't know. And in one draw. I have no idea. And, like, Michael's like, um, well, your parents are eventually going to be home. And you're letting them trash the house. And, like, you have church tomorrow. It's a Saturday. And where'd you get this money from? And then finally, Tyler pulled Michael, his name is Michael Mandel, outside around one o'clock in the morning to tell him something private. 
he says, quote, I killed my parents. And Hadley told Michael this just that just around five o'clock or just before five o'clock in the afternoon, he had killed his mother while she was looking at the computer and then he killed his father. And he told Michael, oh, yeah, I did ecstasy beforehand because I couldn't kill my parents sober. You know. Yep. Just. Yep. It's fine. He told Michael, you should stay after the party and I'll show you. He's like, nah, man, I don't want to do that. I'm not up for show and tell. Thanks. Thanks. I'm good, though. And then he says, well, if you start, if you look around, like, you'll see it. And so poor Michael starts looking. And he starts seeing. There are spots on the floor that were clearly blood now that he knows what he's looking for. Like, it's dark in the house, but if you look down, you can still see that there's blood on the floor. There was a brown sticky substance that stuck to the beer pong ball when it got dropped in the kitchen. The computer keys had, like, blood brown. They thought it was, like, spilled Coke, but it was blood because he had tried to use coffee to remove it. Oh, gross. Um, And Tyler said, well, if you don't want to stay, I want to show you now. He wasn't satisfied with him saying he didn't want to see it. So he took him to the back bedroom, to his parents' room, and opened the door. Michael saw the full bedroom full of their stuff and all their furniture was piled in weird places. And there were broken picture frames and bloody sheets and a bloody mirror and the dog. And then he looks down and he sees Blake Hadley's leg. And he says that this is the moment where it really clicked. Like, this isn't a joke. Like, there's his, that's his dad. Why would you think it was a joke? I don't know. Because are you really going to believe your friend when he says he killed his parents? No. If he pulled all that money out and there's like, and he's doing all these weird things, yeah, I we're might. because paranoid people. That's true. I really am. <laughs> like, I'm terrified of everything all the time. <laughs> like, you know, my dad was a cop. <laughs> yeah. Like, we I, do true crime. I Yeah. It's not... Everything is dangerous all the time to me. (laughs) Be prepared. Mm -hmm. Always. Um, So Mike started panicking, but he kept his cool. He acted normal. And he hung out with Tyler some more. He took a picture in their garage, which will probably be the first picture I post because I think it's the coolest one. Because Tyler took it or Michael took it knowing. And I think he even said it to Tyler. This is probably the last time I will ever see you. Oh, my gosh. And eventually, he started telling a few people because t- Michael was like, we need to get out of here. Yeah. So I think he told his girlfriend, his friend Dustin, and maybe a guy named Jesse. It's kind of hard because he's very frazzled when he's talking to the, te- to the detective. And they were all intoxicated, so their timelines are really wacky. Yeah. Um, but it seems like those are the people he told. And eventually, word got around to everybody. They were saying, like, Okay, like, hey, man, you seem really nice. I don't know you that well, but something bad has happened here. You got to go. Yeah. And then finally, they started telling people, like, yo, this guy actually killed his parents. Like, you have to go. (laughs) Everybody out. And it worked. People left, obviously, and they went to a different party. And Michael went home. And he said he was still in such shock he wasn't sure what to do. So some people say that Mike is the one who called nine or he called Crime Stoppers, not 911. Yeah. Um, which is a thing. I don't know if that's a thing outside of Florida. Crime Stoppers, do you know? It is in the Pazuzu case. Oh, yeah. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have multiple people call Crime Stoppers. Yeah. But according to those police, can't do much with just some Crime Stopper tips. Well, this case will tell you otherwise because they actually do some stuff with the Crime Stopper tip. And the investigator, the lead investigator and the police arrived at the house. 
When they got there, Tyler was outside in the garden acting all sorts of sus. He was fidgety. He told them that his parents were out of town. And to the cops, obviously, this house is trashed from the inside out. And we have somebody saying that you killed your parents and you're telling me they're out of town. Like, I'm going to go look. Yeah. So they go inside and they find the bodies and Tyler is arrested. The lead detective then had a blast trying to track down a timeline, obviously to corroborate what Tyler says. And this is really difficult. Um, The poor kids, like they really were doing the best that they could. But at the same time, they had done their own like little investigation trying to figure it out. And they had just, as part of the investigation is complicated because they were telling her that their friend Danny had a knife that same day and they didn't know if Danny was involved because they couldn't place Danny at the time of the crime. Oh, gotcha. So she's tracking it down and finally she realizes, no, there's no way he was here because Tyler and Time of Death tells us that they were dead at like five. Right. And Danny was last seen at like four. And like this, the timeline didn't really work out. Yeah. But it is really confusing, like 90 pages to read. So Tyler... At that point, did he admit to doing yeah. it? Yeah, he pled no okay. contest. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, what is he going to do? Well, yeah, but <laughs> then I'm thinking, like, did he lie? Because he's like, oh, they're on to Danny, so I'll lie. No, li- he didn't like- know about Danny. Okay. He didn't know about Danny. Gotcha. That was just something that, like, Mike and some of his friends, were they knew. But it Danny had nothing to do with it. Yeah. And, like, the reason that Danny, they were worried was because Danny's knife had blood on it, and so somebody found it and threw it in the canal. <laughs> Oh. Because they were like, I don't know what this is. I don't want my fingerprints on it. And they got rid of it. But he had just been mugged. And it wasn't like, a, they, it, nothing came of that. There yeah. was no crime committed there. So the only crime was that they threw away the knife. And it wasn't anything important. So it was fine. Yeah. Anyway, all that to be said, the investigator did a really good job of untangling everything. And while she was untangling this mess that they had woven, trying to figure it out on their own, she was really good about telling them like you guys have been through a lot you are like you're a victim here especially with michael yeah this is trauma and you need to talk to a trauma counselor and you need to talk to a crisis counselor and a victim advocate and deal with what you had been through and she told him it was really brave doing what you're doing and like speaking out i know that's really hard especially with the kind of crowd that you run in and like you're doing the right thing yeah i thought she was really good with them personally nice hopefully i didn't lose you on that because i know that was kind of a lot no. So they have Tyler in custody. He has custody. essentially confessed. Yes. Tyler had a pretty good public defense team. It was a lot of women on his defending list, and that was kind of nice to see. Some good female defense, public defenders. Um, and Tyler said that he thought they did a good job and that everything he received was fair. He has no complaints, really, about his attorneys. So now he's being reasonable. Okay. I know, right? <laughs> Um, he pled no contest, but don't worry. There's still a little bit more court information. It's not just like he pled guilty. He was guilty. Bye-bye. Um, okay. they had to have so many hearings because of his age. Now, the reason that it matters, because in most states, they would just say, you're 17. Let's try you as an adult. an adult. Right. Florida has the death penalty. Yeah. That's so always you, trickier. They, they, it's kind of weird because they tried him as an adult, but they weren't able to sentence him as an adult. They had to sentence him like a minor. Yes, I've heard I've heard of cases doing this. Yeah. And like I even I am confused as to how there's a difference if they're 
sentencing him like a minor yeah then what's the difference but it's all has to do with like how they structure the trial and um i believe what to do with like what exactly he's charged with am i wrong i don't know for sure i remember hearing about a case i don't even remember what the case was exactly i think it was something to that degree though I want to do more research on it so that the next time I can figure out what it is, but I didn't quite have time this week with like the yeah. hurricane to really dig in to figure out what the difference was. Yeah. But he was sentenced as a as a minor. So they cited a lot of Florida statutes that called for him to be sentenced as a minor due to like the nature of the crime. Basically, even though he committed a capital felony, he is not eligible for the death penalty because he's right. 17. Right. And a juvenile sentenced under 18 is entitled to a review of his sentence after 25 years. So he got two life sentences in prison and he got them concurrently. Okay. But he would be eligible for a review and a resentencing after 25 years. Right. Because he was a minor at the time and like sometimes they'll sentence them and then he'll be rehabilitated and then they can say, actually, you're doing fine. Let's change it to this. Yeah. Don't worry. That's not going to happen here. Oh. Um, it's not been 25 years, but the judge on the case is like very determined. So gotcha in like both judges, the appellate judge and the, they were both like, no, not really, not a concern here. The crime was gruesome. It was premeditated and it was very painful. And the judge made sure that that was known. Yeah. I don't think that there's any way that he's going to like get out of this and he's not trying to, obviously they appealed just to get him, like, any sort of reduced sentencing. And he's hopeful right. for that. But what are you going to do? It could be as little as 40 years in jail based on, you know, his age. But it doesn't seem like that. At the time of his resentencing, because Florida changed the way that they structure um, minor sentencing a few years ago. So okay. he had to be resentenced, but it nothing really changed in his case. Like, okay. I think it just changed the wording of his sentencing, but the amount of years hadn't changed at all. So gotcha. to him, it was no harm, no foul. I mean, his grandmother was there, his uncle was there, but his brother, Ryan, was not in court. And they posted some pretty graphic evidence, including just to the resentencing hearing alone, they just included the claw hammer and crime scene photos um, from the home because the home was torn down in 2015. His public defenders, um, Diamond Liddy was his main defender. She continues to be his representative. They called on for four mental health experts to talk about anxiety, depression, and drug use, and to discuss adolescent behavior and brain development, considering his extensive use of marijuana, alcohol, and pills. Yeah. And this is kind of some sad news. Hadley is in St. Lucie County Jail, where he's being kept apart from his one-time best friend, Michael Mandel, who's an inmate now as well. Oh, no. Yeah, he, Michael. He violated his probation, selling a stolen gun to a pawn shop. Um, but he was a star witness in 2014 when he was originally sentenced. Yeah. So they're in the same jail, but they're being kept apart. I just yeah. thought it was kind of sad when he said that the last time he would see Tyler was at that party. And unfortunately, he is now in jail with Tyler. Well, yeah, they don't want them. They know they were friends. They don't want them conspiring. Well, I think it's more to protect Michael because yeah. Tyler is an asshole. And like in prison, he's a very outspoken about his crimes. Like he goes up to people and he's like, oh, I'm the hammer kid. 
What? Yeah. And so for Michael to have testified against him, oh. I think it's more about keeping Michael safe than anything yeah. else. Oh, that's gross. Mm-hmm. The other thing I thought was interesting is that Tyler's older brother, Ryan Hadley, who still lives in North Carolina, filed a civil complaint in St. Lucie County Court, basically to keep his brother from receiving any inheritance from his parents' estate. Yeah. He's worried about his parents' 401k, federal E-R-I-S-A. I don't know if that's an acronym or how you pronounce that because I'm a child and I don't know what that is. Yeah. Um, but basically, he asked the court to determine that that issue was, like, not a problem. And I think that they ended up saying, like, yeah, obviously. Yeah, I don't think. Um, I think you're excluded yeah. once. Florida once statute, you murder the people. Florida statute section 732, um, 802 says, a person who intentionally and unlawfully kills another person is not entitled to reap the, fe- reap the benefits of the unlawful and intentional death by virtue of the statute is deemed to have been disqualified from receiving life insurance policy benefits, payments, pension plan, benefit payments, or any other entitlement that otherwise would vest by virtues of the death of Blake M. Hadley and Mary Jo Hadley. Yep. So that's a quote from the complaint. Um, right. Referencing a Florida statute. Basically, they were referencing a statute that said, well, if he can't get a life insurance policy from another case, like, then obviously he shouldn't get anything from their right. retirement. Yeah. That's the case of Tyler Hadley. That's That's the what case. I got for you today. Well, that was a bit disturbing. Yeah. Cuz I feel like it kind of came out of nowhere, like I think yeah, that that's probably the thing that weighed the most with me is that in some of the other cases that we've done, like the Twilight murders. Yeah. You know, she hated her mother. She wanted like yeah. there was all this contention and all these pro- like and These he tried people. to say, and he tried to say later that his dad was abusive, but like nobody believed him. They were like, yeah. "No, he wasn't." Like, I'm sorry, but if he was, I don't think you would have. Like, he would have fought back. Yeah, and that wasn't like apparent. So it was nobody really believed him when he said that. No, they really just didn't. Which is horrible because you want to believe people when they say those things, but when it's a lie, like, <laughs> well, when you've bludgeoned them to death with a hammer and. They didn't really fight back. You know, what are you going to do? Per se, except for defensive wounds. Yeah. I'm imagining. Uh, it's kind of hard to yeah. believe. Because, so, yeah. I feel really sad, especially for his brother, who is left to deal with the mess. Yeah. Um, but I hope that they have some closure in their lives eventually. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for sharing. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks, everybody. Reach out to us. Reach out to us about the birthdays. Yes. December 16th birthdays, as well as, but only if you're nice. (laughs) Don't reach out and tell me, oh, yeah, I'm a horrible person. I was also born on December 16th. Um, That would be funny, but also kind of scary. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And, uh, yeah, reach out to us about, you know, episodes you want to hear. Yeah, cases there's a you want to hear. There's a link in our bio to submit case requests. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm always looking for assistance in what cases to there's choose. There's so many crimes. So, yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Yeah, absolutely. Next time. Bye. Till next time. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at Burden of Proof Pod and email us at burdenofproofpod at gmail.com. Bye.